Welcome back, everyone. Forfeit podcast. We're finally back, or should I say, beard fit? Beard fit. We're all lo- we're all looking a little bit a little bit more hairier on the face than we did about six weeks ago when we last podcasted, or however long it was. Metal Matt here. We got Big John Stud. Look at that. He's he's the one. He's the new. He's the newcomer. Joining the club, right? And, and and you got some oil. You've been you've been lathering. Yeah, but using some beard wash. Uh, and yeah, he does the beard oil. Yeah, he's, he's an oil guy. He's got to oil it up. Yeah. Got to train it. J Lo brushing it and brushing it around. J Lo coming from the sitting in his beanbag chair. Absolutely. I think the, la- shit. the last time I sat in a beanbag chair was I was probably twelve. This is a very comfy chair. So apparently, they really are. I got one in the basement. I got two. Apparently, beanbag technology has come a long way. And, oh well, yeah, that commercial for that guy. Yeah. And, I seen, and, I seen and for our listeners, Wild Bill's here, dressed like uh, Harry from Home Alone. <laughs> Harry from Home. Harry. No, no. Bill looks like Bill looks like mankind, man. He's got the <laughs> yeah. He's definitely got the, the mankind mankind vibe a, today. He's got the mankind look going on. Mick Foley. I'll yeah, take that. Man. Absolutely. I would take I, that all day. I prefer a cactus. So I would walk down, I would walk down to like Walmart and just start signing autographs. <laughs> Go to the Route 30 Mart. That's it. Oh man, the Route 30 Mart. It's like condos built over top of that now. Now they tore it down completely. Yeah. Talking? Nah, no, no, no. This was in Clementon. Oh. Clemson, New Jersey. It was around for like 10 years maybe, but they used to have like the Bushwhackers wrestling. It was like insane. Like WWE, legit, before like everyone did these backyard wrestling videos, this was like backyard wrestling back in like the mid-90s. Luke and Butch, like them having like their popping their spleens in a match in Route 30. For fucking Route, 30 Route 30 Mart, where it was like people who couldn't get uh, – um, you know, a, a table at the flea market at the Berlin Mart, they would get one at the Route 30 Mart. Yeah, it was, it was very booty. So, yeah. like, if it was still open now, Virgil would be there by himself. Oh, Virgil would be there. <laughs> you probably have guys like Bad News Brown. Yeah. You know, probably yep. like, uh, oh, no, I was just going to say Coco, Coco Beware would be there. No, that's Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooker used to always perform there. Yeah. There a lot. Snooker. Sergeant, Sla- Sergeant Slaughter would probably be the main event. Is he still alive? Yeah. I think Star. Slaughter's still alive. Paul so. Hogan's not doing too well, though. No? How old is he? Isn't he Going like in his like, 70s? Hulk's got got some, Hulk Hogan's down to like his like high school weight, he said. He's, no he's way. Not, he's kind of... Um, yeah, I don't know specifically what's wrong with him, but it doesn't sound great. But uh-huh. to answer your question, Bill, he is... Uh, he was... Oh, where is he? 68 years old. That's it? Oh, man, that's a hard yeah. 68. Yeah, I figured he was at least in his mid-70s. So did I, Jesse. Yeah. Who, Hogan? Yeah. Yep. I mean, 68 is... It's not young, but it's not old either. Bro, I mean, he's not that much older than us, really. Like... I'm surprised. Now, I'm surprised Ric Flair's still, still around. <laughs> you know, Matt's pretty close to his age. Who is? Matt, Matt's the oldest here by like way far. Oh yeah, dude, I know. 
I feel for him. I have some of this, the same ailments, uh, apparently. Uh, yeah, Ric Flair, dude, like, when I saw his 30 for 30, whatever it was, I was like, man, I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I don't Ric Flair is 72. He's four years dude. older than Hulk Hogan. God, yeah, because he came up, he came up a little bit before Hogan did. But think about all Hogan's like injuries though, and back oh, surgeries. God, yeah, dude. Like Ric Flair, like for all intents and purposes, wasn't like that. I mean, come on, he was a wrestler. Of course, they get hurt. But like Hulk Hogan had like major back surgeries over and over and over again. Yeah, shoulder. Well, I, I think the majority of them have major surgeries. I think I would I I, I would bet a higher number of guys retire because they're physically unable to perform mm. than go on their own. But that could be wrong. I just, because I watch all these dark side of the rings now and they, all these guys are like hooked on pain pills and blow and they're just, they can't walk straight. And like that Brian Pillman one was messed up. I remember seeing that one. Um, you know, but a few of these guys like, you know, just like, Chris Benoit one was crazy, but now now I'm going off on a tangent. But yeah, now nah, 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 I mean that that the last season of Dark Dark Side of the Ring was was pretty pretty crazy. Dark. Yeah, yeah, it was dark. Did, uh, did you watch the New Jack one? The ECW yeah, guy? Yeah. The New one was crazy. Um, and rest in peace. He recently just died. Yeah, he did. Um, and also, um, who's the French Canadian guy? Oh, uh, uh, Dino Bravo. Dino Bravo, dude. I had no idea he was like he got whacked. Yeah, I had no idea he was like mixed up in like uh, those like those circles up there. That's crazy. A, it was a different time, and you know, the guy that big comes to collect some money, you're either going to pay or you're leaving with some broken bones. <laughs> yeah. You're going to pay if you got the money. Dino Bravo shows up. Absolutely. That. Now it was crazy. I texted you guys another side tangent uh, a couple days ago. That's what we're week. all about. That's what Beard Fit is all about. <laughs> One uh, side tangent to the next. There was like probably a thousand people at the south at across from Virtua and Cherry Hill before he's Cherry Hill on uh, Crest, I guess, Crescent or White Horse Road, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, there was like a thousand, if not more people, like there's shoot signs up and like, like professional buses, like clearly people from all over the South Jersey rugby club. It was insane. It was like, I couldn't believe how many people were here, like there. Like, but it was like a set up tournament, like right at the fields. Across were they playing the in those, in those field hockey fields or soccer next, fields? Yeah, next yeah, basketball like, courts. yeah. Like behind the basketball courts, like there's like soccer fields and shit. Yeah. They all set up there. But like I pulled it aside to kind of, like, I looped around to see, and they were like, I mean, not made a lot of sides, but they were like big dudes just trucking each other. I mean, it was like, I used to watch uh, a big fan of the show, TJ Russ, a colleague of ours. Uh, he used to play over there, play a little oh, rugby. Oh, in the South Jersey Rugby Club? That's cool. Yeah, yeah no, because my old boss, when I worked for my first job out of school, he was already a little, a little older than us, but he was like 6'4", this, this dude, Ryan Soppy. He had to be 6'4", 240, but like he was fit. And he was like, a, he, was an, he was an alternate for like the junior Olympic team like years before, like whatever I met him. And he still played like on a traveling team. And he would come into work sometimes. His face would be like a fucking watermelon. <laughs> and he would just be like, oh, yeah, dude, we fucking smoked. And like, I don't know anything about rugby, so I don't want to smell like a jackass. But he, he would just come in and have like a watermelon inside of his face or like his uh. so swollen. I like, God, dude, it's fine. Do you see the other fucking guy? Like he was just like you just lived that life and he just fucking loved that. I was like, dude, like it's insane. Those rugby guys. But I, I'll, the only reason I brought that up is because when you said that pic or that text of my allotted Jesse – I, I was just staring at his knuckles. 
that if he punched me in the face, his hand is like, <laughs> head, that like it would just shatter my face in Bill. every possible spot. So he was at a, he came to a union game uh, be- right before COVID. And um, so he was right, he ended up being right next to us because they had him on the, um, one of the launch pads down in the river end. Did you do a bear fight with him? We did not do a bear fight with him. <laughs> so he's there during the game and Amanda's like, Oh, so, you know, she goes over and, uh, he gives her a hug and she's like, can I get a picture with you? So she tries to take a selfie with him, and that doesn't work. My man had to now. Um, Amanda is not tall. This, this man had to get down on his knees to take a selfie with my wife to get her into the frame with him. <laughs> and she was still barely in the picture. He was a, but the nicest fucking dude you would ever, you would ever meet. He stayed and talked to like every union fan that wanted to get a picture with him That's awesome. and, and talk to him like nicest dude you'd ever meet. That's nice to hear. How I mean, much money, how much money would you need to get paid to take a punch from him? Phil. How much know. money? Yeah, I don't know. These fucking vet bills are stacking up. It might be a lot less than you think. <laughs> it's like $850. I'm mean, here bucks. I'll take a shot in the face. I got, I got a copay for 50 bucks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, Bill, as long as you put a mouth guard in, you probably won't break your jaw or take your head off. Well, that would be great because I really need to lose weight anyway, so I won't be able to eat normal food for like six months. <laughs> Liquid so diet. Do that. It's good to like follow me up their game. Like, hey, Jordan. Yeah, I, I can't think of any like Australian racial slurs. I blurred at him and just like, like Ace Ventura, just walk my face up to his fist and just be like, "Have at it." <laughs> They're like, "Oh, look, local South Jersey man. We don't know if he's mentally handicapped." Punch in the face in South Philly. <laughs> no, but he's just a massive man. Like he's he's mass. He's like John Runyon big. Like we haven't seen a guy like he's big. I, mean, I don't know. Is he bigger than Runyon even maybe? Hold on. He might be. He might be. I mean, he might be heavier than Runyon Ryan. was a mountain. Runyon was tall, dude. Like I remember meeting John Runyon at a at an event, and he, he, you just felt very, you just felt very small standing next to that man. Uh, my lotto would whoop his ass. Wow. They're the same. So not only is my lotto bigger than him, he is heavier than him. Well, well, bigger by how much? Like, like. So if Runyon, he's I'm about an inch. I believe he's an inch taller and fifty pounds heavier. Yeah. What's him compared to like Jason Peters though? Because Jason oh, Peters was a mound. And that's all hey, Jason. That's favorite player by the way. That's all Jason Peters is anymore. <laughs> hey man, he's still playing. I know. Well, kind of. Yeah, he's uh, like, like, Jason Peters good. is six foot four, three hundred twenty-eight <laughs> pounds. Yeah, that's a so big. So my Lada is. Four inches taller than him, Ooh. and and um, much heavier. Wow! And probably By like twenty pounds. More athletic, faster, quicker. They yeah, said doesn't mean, get hurt as much. I mean, do we, is it time for a clap, a forfeit clap for Howie Rosen, seventh round pick there? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, for and Stoutland, let, let's be real. You, this guy. you also owe one to the O line coach too. Yeah, Stoutland. Thank you, Jesse. Because if Howie had his way, Jesse, he would have cut him like Sidney Jones, like Russell Douglas, like Nelson Aguilar, guys that could help this team win. Mm. But Jeff stepped in and was like, no, Howie, can we not cut guys that could help this team win? 
I tell you what, man. This will be episode 87, and I'd say about 82 of them, we talked about the fucking Stop. NFL draft. You're so wrong. It's 87 <laughs> for 87. It's been Howie, and if Howie wasn't a piece of turd, oh, it would be like 14-2 every year. Here we go. Now we have a quarterback, and Jeff got his guy. Jeff Lurie got his guy in, in Jalen, and now I guess it's uh, it's definitely a tale of two seasons, I think. You know, a lot of people should have some egg on their face with this team. So it's, uh, it's definitely. We, uh, we ain't waiting. There's no egg. No egg yet. No egg no yet. Egg yet? That, I mean, I, come I, on, Matt. You were 0 and 17. No, no. I was. That said no, 4 and 13. I had, pegged, I, had a, I had him pegged as like a five win team tops. I had him pegged at like five. I win. mean, if, if I, and I said it in the text, if the Cowboys shit the bed tom- tomorrow, I think the Eagles win the division. I think it's very possible, Jesse, because the more I'm reading, this Mari Cooper thing's tearing that team apart. That the fact that he took twenty million to play this year and didn't get vaccinated, knowing that this could happen and like I was just like seeing like some things about it. And again, it's not crazy, but that like the team just like internally like devastated that this is happening. That because now with the lamb injury, they're fucked. I mean, luckily the Raiders are on a tailspin, but I mean, well, and, and not just that, they were saying that, that Zeke is in, is constantly in pain. His knee is fucked up and he can, he like, is it really? They, uh, they John, said, you still want to, you still want to trade for Zeke? I'll, I'll make that deal right now. They, yeah. Right. Zeke said that every time he's tackled, it hurts. Every time he gets up from a tackle, it hurts, but he's going to try to play through it. As he should be in a yeah, I mean, what he got paid, it's. At this but point, like, at this stage of the season, everyone's hurt. But the the point though is like, to Bill's point, like if you're down all your wide receivers, yep. you're gonna try to rot. You're gonna. Well, I think ride. I think Ceedee Lamb was a huge. That was a dagger. He'll be fine them. now. He's gonna play. Is he gonna play? Yeah, it's he's a stinger. He all he did was bang his head back on that. Well, on this uh, well, or, uh, concussion protocol. Thought, well, if you're concussion protocol, you have to pass like five days of yeah. test. So he can't play. So I didn't know if he was in protocol or not. No, they said there was a chance that he plays. Okay, so maybe, I mean, maybe they change but... it for a Thursday game because Goddard, I benched him for fantasy because he has you have to have five straight days of neurological like okayness to get cleared. And usually Friday, Friday you get it Monday through Monday through Friday basically tested. And by Friday you have to be cleared if you if you're a concussion protocol. So maybe for a Thursday game they alter that a little bit. Or on the severity of the of the concussion too. He just quit. He 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 just quit that on that game. He could have came back in and played against the Chiefs. When he was walking off the field, like I'm done. I don't feel like playing. Like that that Cowboys team is so like so like the epitome of talent with no heart. It's it's so insane how many good players they have on that team. I mean, Michael Parsons is. Thank Christ. All I'm saying is that Devon the Reaper is the Reaper. Is it like the, the Eagles the Eagles dream team? Yeah, is it comparable to the dream team? Passing on passing on Parsons would be hard. Because that guy's just all over the field. I mean, they've He's, they've drafted really well. I mean, Dak this is their best draft in years, hands down. I mean, Micah, like, uh, Trayvon. I mean, they they've they've drafted really well. Their their problem just has been putting it all together. Yeah, well, I, had Jason Garrett for a little bit. Yeah, like character picks. You know, they got guys that all worry about themselves, and I get it. You know, take care of your chicken. We're all, we're all about that here on forfeit. But at the same time, it's like 
you know, I don't know that they have guys that like love playing football. Like, you know what I mean? Like they don't, they, they don't seem like to be like guys that care about winning, you know, like you can just kind of tell like some teams just don't want to lose football games. Like the Cowboys are like, yeah, we tried. We'll try again next week. And like, guys, if I was a Cowboys fan, I don't even know. Only way I'd be more pissed off is if I was a fucking Giants fan right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, shit show of a franchise. And it's all, it's lining up perfectly for the birds to take advantage of, of, of the Giants uh, this this upcoming week. Yeah, no, we need to like win by like two touchdowns. We got to take care of business this this week. That Giants team is in shambles. I would have rather had Jason Garrett still calling plays though, but I no, mean, I, on a I, short week for them to change anything, I think you know. Well, not so, all right. So, so we got six Don, games. We got six games left. Mm-hmm. How many? How many out of those six do the Birds need to win? Do you think to? to lock it up. They have to win out. Uh, probably I four think, or five. I think five. I think 10 and seven, 100% get you a wild card. I think nine and eight, you're out. There's a chance of nine and eight, like yeah, nine so and eight. But you have to look at the NFC West, like three of those teams could make the playoffs. And if all three make the playoffs, we're going to have a problem making it, making it in as one of the wild cards. They said, basically, if, if, if you sign off that the Rams at seven and three, even though they're going to lose to the Packers, say the Rams get in Niners are five and five. And so are the Vikings. They said, those are the two teams that fucked the Eagles for Niners, obviously for the tie break in Minnesota. I guess they already have I don't know how they already have a tie against us, but they do. They, so they, apparently this can't tie with those guys. They probably come in. They probably beat a, a team that we lost to. Maybe that. Or do they have, or, or, or do they have more division wins? Than us? Yeah, something like that. So I did see that on the one thing that if we tie with San Fran and Minnesota, we're out. But other than that, we're we have tie breaks with Carolina. We have tie breaks with Saints. somebody Saints. else. Saints. Saints. Yeah, that's the that's the team I'm thinking of. I mean, and those are two big tie break teams. So you know, and then and listen. So to Jesse's point, we have to win out. Pretty much, like one a couple years ago, and then we're like seven and seven. Cowboys like lose six in a row, like like nobody's business. You 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 have to win out because, or or go as close to it as possible because, especially if the Cowboys shit the bed, we will be then chasing them. We and have the, to uh, we have to absolutely beat the Cowboys. That's well, no that's a must win no matter what, right? Well, not only that though, you've got could we played, split with the Giants and the and the and the Redskins? I think, I think we I, we probably split with the Redskins and lose the Cowboys game. Then the, then, then we don't but make we can't we can't lose to the Cowboys. I Unless the Cowboys, the Cowboys like you said, Bill. Just, I really like the Cowboys just completely fly the plane into the mountains. <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the Cowboys only play like bad teams. I mean, good teams left are like Arizona and somebody else. Like, like they, John, I think they the only Cowboys have left is Arizona. That's like any good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll so point. I mean, so, I mean, they, they, I mean, their schedule is sort of cake, but you know, I don't imagine us kind of sweeping, you know, I think Washington I mean, Washington beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, they have the yeah. same – they basically – so they, they've got the Raiders, the Saints, the, the Washington football team, the Giants, the Washington football team, the Cardinals, and then us. Yeah, That's so their last schedule. If the, so if we're Raiders the fans Washington tomorrow. Washington football team 
quick side note, if the Washington football team become the Washington Red Wolves, that's a badass name. Why do they got to be the Red Wolves? Red Wolves. There's, there's, Jesse, there was, you, you, I think you read up on the article too. There was like seven different names that they're like reviewing and they all have ties to the DC area. Yeah. And the the Red Wolf is like some, like it's a native animal to the DC area or something. Well, and I, and I think they just want to have the color. They, they're going to try it. They're going to try to keep their colors. Yeah, absolutely. Is this where we turn into um, uniform fit or design fit? Uni, uni, uni fit. Uni, uni fit. Uni. We went from beard fit to <laughs> draft uh, fit. Draft fit to uni fit to lo- we're going to be logo fit here probably soon. And oh you my know, God, kill me. <laughs> the bunch of the, mouth the, jockeys, all of you. The single biggest thing that happened to this team beyond, and it's not even just the running the ball thing. It was when they moved the quarterback coach to the field. Okay. So, so here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. So we, we've identified, we pretty much have to win out the rest of the season. Like damn near near it, damn near it. Right. Or we, or, you know, damn near went out and hope that other teams shit, shit themselves. Right. Yes. All right, so based on the last five games, because it's been, I think it's been about five games, I think five games since we podcasted last. Mm-hmm. And we, the Eagles have gone three and two since our last podcast. Should have went four and four and one. Should have went four and one. That Chargers, the Chargers game stung, right? Mm-hmm. Thanks, Jonathan Gannon. Um, corners, eighteen yards off the receivers. So based on based on those handful of games, what have we seen out of those handful of games that makes us believe, or not makes us believe, that we're going to, uh, you know, either win out or do what we need to do to to make the playoffs? Well, it's a couple things. You and like, should we make the playoffs? I mean, That's I would another hope. question, like. You know, like I know, do we deserve, do we deserve it? Do we, I mean, it or, was, or, or, or does it even make sense for us to make? At the play? beginning of the year, I was all, let's see what we've got with Sirianni and Hertz, and get as good of a draft pick as we can, so we can rebuild the team. Some of these guys are starting to show that maybe some of these, the, some of the players that we drafted, maybe aren't so bad. Uh, oh. You know, Davion Taylor was starting to starting to show something, and of, of course, the minute he's in starts, hospital bed now. Yeah, if the minute he starts playing well, he 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 he's he's there. Now they said, and this is injuries aside too. I mean, I mean, I mean, we've we've been we've been bitten by the injury yeah. bug, right? But like um, overall, but, how how do we how do how are we evaluating this team and its growth and its progression? So aside from injury, okay. Like, so they they moved the quarterbacks coach out of the box, and they put him down on the field, which then allowed him to go one-on-one with Jalen after every series and then work through the entire defensive possession while, while the Eagles defense was on the field, working with him directly on the, on the field, going over everything, which then allowed Sirianni and um, the offensive coaches to focus on dealing just with game plan and scheme. The, the, the game that, the first game that that happened in, you saw a huge difference in the way that Hertz played. And 
at about the same time, you saw them finally be like, oh, we've got one of the most talented run-blocking offensive lines in football. Why don't we use these guys? And they started run-blocking and allowing your run-blockers to dominate. Jordan Mailata is a pretty good pass blocker. He is an elite run-blocking defensive defensive tackle. Or running, tackle. running the football is the answer to that yeah. question. And, yeah. and then the flip side is... And, and the defense playing well. The defense... Well, the, not only is the defense playing well right now, you've got them finally saying, oh, we're not going to get home with our front three. And they're not even playing... They're not even playing that weird base defense anymore that they were getting torched in all year. If you watch anymore, they're not playing that deep, that scheme anymore. It's gone. And they're sending blitzers from the edge. They're sending, they're sending corner blitzes and safety blitzes and they're blitzing from all over the place. And I mean, so I mean, it, is what I'm hearing, Jesse, is your take on this initially is, is an adjustment within the coaching staff to then to then make the proper adjustments within the the talent evaluation and scheme they i mean you they and the frustrating thing is you know you see all these things where Howie and and um Laurie want to be this innovative offensive team that just airs the ball out everywhere but they're not good at drafting those players they don't have they don't have a single good lineman that's like one of those guys that can drop back and just maul somebody for while you throw the ball 40, 50 times. They don't, they, but what they do have is a tremendous defensive line. When you allow them to run the ball, like Landon Dickerson was, was playing, Oh, was playing good for a rookie, but not great. Now that they're running the ball consistently, Landon Dickerson looks like a great player because he doesn't have the, the D tackle isn't just beating his fucking face in, you know, he's getting the ability to like give them violence and bring the violence to them. And my is thriving in this. And Jason Kelsey is again, having a, another all pro year out of our center. And Lane Johnson has been playing considerably better now that they are going to a more balanced offense. So my long-term hope is that they realize what they have in this team and in Jalen Hurts and don't say at the end of the year, oh, we've got three picks, let's do something dumb. Like, I, I want to see Jalen Hurts be the quarterback next year because I think that he's showing that he's special. So... But yeah, it's you know they're finally putting guys in positions to to thrive with in this in the scheme that works with the personnel that they've drafted and they've signed, and it's right. a power running team that you have a quarterback that broke dudes' ankles this week last weekend, made guys look foolish, and then you've got a young wide receiver that you drafted in the first round that is as humble as they come is they're saying is one of the first people in the building every single day working out and training and practicing. And 
He's having great game after great game after great game, and he's making dudes look bad. So it's it's exciting right now looking forward to the rest of this year. Like they might make the playoffs. I don't know what they would do if they had to play a you know an Arizona or a Green Bay on the road. We'll find out. Probably wouldn't end well. But, but I think we're gonna I think we're gonna find out. Yeah. Well we'll see. I mean we we got we gotta worry about the Giants right now. Yeah. Where the Eagles have to worry about the Giants. Yeah. My one concern about all this is the sustainability of what they're doing right now, particularly in Hertz's role. I um, think it's 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 sustainable. Like the bigger concern is what's gonna happen like short term with our running backs because the ha- our hammer got dinged. Right. So until he's ready to go again. Right. And, well, and I'm, I'm, I'm not talking just about this season. I'm talking about the overall growth and progression of the team. And if we're saying that Hertz is our guy, I would like to see, I, I would like to see him do the things that he's doing that we're saying is special, um, you know, a little less often than we're seeing it right now, because it will then become predictable and, you know, teams will, you know, form a defense around how to, how to stop it. I mean, we're, we've seen it with Lamar and we've seen it with Pat Mahomes, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, the things that if you do these things that are called special all the time, it loses that well, the, special quality. So um, the, 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 but the difference I think with Hertz and Lamar is Lamar is probably the best running quarterback this league's ever seen. While Vic was faster than Lamar, Lamar is really fast and he's built goddamn he's like a, that. Yeah. Like you look at his neck and there's no neck. It's just, his shoulders, lats, and then his earlobes. Like Mm -hmm. he's a freak of nature and he moves fast. But if you look at the way every time that they've lost in the playoffs, it's because the, the defenses are basically like, cool, run all over the place, bro. We're just going to lot. We're just going to rush three, drop eight. You ain't doing nothing. And that's how they've lost because Lamar is not Jalen hurts is a better passer now than Lamar Jackson is. And the, the biggest thing that is going to help Jalen hurts moving forward is getting another wide receiver on this team or having one of the guys on our roster take that next step. Because right. the, one of the stats that I put out, that that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. So like that, one of, like we need to get Jalen some help so yeah. that way he doesn't feel like he has to take off. Every so other play. I also don't field. think it's a lot of his. I don't think it's a lot of trying to get him help either, though. I think the one thing that we've seen in the last couple of weeks is him step up in the pocket and not, you know, one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand, and go like he's yeah. used to be doing. He's kind of staying in the pocket a little bit, and then when it breaks down, he's kind of like going. Yeah, I think and- that's one thing that he sort of needs to keep working on, um, because yeah, it's great that he is able to, you know, that he get has three or four gear. yards. Yeah. 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 When he can get out and, and do that. But at the same token, like you also want him to stay in the pocket and let one rip when a, a Quez Watkins is wide open down the field, you know? So, well, so the, the one stat that I was talking about today in the chat, the EPA stat 
the in the last five games, the Eagles have three players that have had a positive EPA in five games. And it, it was um, Slim Reaper, Dallas, and JJ. That's it. And an EPA play is, is basically a play. It's, it, it's a expected points play. And it's this formula of like a bunch of like analytics guys figured out. And it really does a good job of translating and looking at a play on the field and how important of a play it is. And the, the way it was the best explanation that I read was it, it can tell you the difference, like a five yard gain. So a five yard gain on a, on a third and three is a very important play. A five yard gain on a third and 10 means nothing. You're probably punting. So that's one of the ways that they, they figure this, e, this EPA stat out. And the fact that the Eagles only have three guys that have had a positive number of EPA plays in five games. And JJ has one. And granted, that one play probably helped win them that game. Play the game. One, huh? Play the game. Yeah. Right. And then, so, but then like Slim Reaper's Brought got to you like, by forfeit podcast, play the game. So like between like Dallas and, uh, Devontae, they've got like 20 or 30 plays each in those last five games. Then you've got JJ with one and that's it from the running, from the wide receivers. That's it. That's not Quez Watkins. That's not Jalen Rager. That's not any of those guys. So we need somebody, we need Quez to take a step. We need Jalen Rager to take a step. And now, you know, it's starting to look like Jalen Rager's got, some of the stuff that they're putting out, it looks like Jalen Rager might be dealing with some, some mental health stuff. And it, it's just, we need somebody to take a step. Well, isn't part of that too. Like you go first down, second down, first down. Like sometimes you don't even have third downs because you're moving the ball so well. Yeah. And, and I mean, absolutely. And the, the running game is absolutely a huge part of this and it's been a huge help, but. Yeah. Once they get away from that, that's the, I mean, Bill mentioned that during the Super Bowl year, you know, he's always a run, 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 run. And, you know, you see the last three games, what happens. And that's basically, I don't know what changed. Was it miles getting hurt and they had to rely on the game of Jordan Howard and Boston Scott, that ground and pound. And maybe the, maybe the ground and pound style was a little bit better than what miles was used to doing cutting and, you know, the little Sean McCoy, you know, yeah, juking and stuff. Like, but I mean, even uh, the way they were calling plays, like they yeah. weren't doing our, they were doing more zone read and read option stuff and not so much RPO stuff. They, they were, they were calling Sirianni started calling he was under center plays. a lot. Yeah. He was under center a lot. And, um, and Jalen Hurts is phenomenal at that running with the wide or running with the running back that mesh. I'm going to hold that ball in your gut for two or three seconds and then rip it back out. And he's strong enough that he can do that. And you know, that's something that he started to get good at, at Alabama. He went to Oklahoma and got exceptionally good at it. And he's now getting better and better and better at that. And the problem with that play is when you do it right, the linebacker can't crash the edge. 
because if, if they crash the edge and you, I mean, if you guess right, you kill whoever, whoever's got the ball and you know, you make, you make a, a big play, but if you guess wrong and you've got a guy like Jalen hurts, who is going to be able to outrun that linebacker and a running back that's got some, some, some speed. If you guess wrong, whoever does have the ball is getting 15, 20, 30 yards down the field on you. So the one thing I would love to see this team do, because I've, I've, every time you watch these cutups and, you know, John will say, I'm a, I'm a Homer for um, the slim Reaper. He's always open. I cannot wait until they're like, you know what? It's play action time. We're going to start blowing the top off of the defense because these teams are going to start selling out to stop the run. And Jalen hurts throws a really pretty deep ball. And Devonte is really good at catching them. So I think we're going to start seeing that like teams just being like, cool, we're going to try to stop the, we're going to stop the run. And Devonte's going to break some, some corners ankles. And we're just going to, we're just going to see it. The Kramer's going to pan violently as it's trying to catch up to the ball. And it's just going to be Devonte running by himself. Touchdown. It's going to start I, happening. We, I think we desperately need a big receiver too. That would be helpful. I mean, Al, maybe, an Alshon type would be. I great. mean, we we drafted that guy in JJ, like, yeah. And and like that's a thing for him. Maybe, you know, maybe this play is finally the thing that 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 gets him going. We need somebody to make that make that jump. We need step somebody up. else. We need someone to step up. And again, it, we're not a, at this point we're playing with house money. We've seen improvement on the, from the, you know, week three, week four. I didn't know what we had in hurts. I didn't know what we had in the coaching staff. I feel a lot better with what we've got now. Yeah. We're I feel like house. we're not firing our coach at the end of the year. Yeah. Like we're playing, which is, which is a good thing at this point we're playing with house, house money. So we're, you know, my perspective, we're going to have three first round picks. We're going to have a fucking nasty defense next year. We've got the cap space to, to pick up a wide receiver because there's going to be a shitload of like good number two wide receivers. that are going to be on the market that we're going to be able to have our choice of. There's really not much. Chris Godwin, uh, Chris Godwin is, is who we need to jump on. But, he, but he'll want a lot of money. Probably we still got to pay Alshon. Bill. No, Alshon's done. Uh, is he? Bill, oh, this is the last year. Bill, Wait. before before we t- this turns into draft fit part fifty six. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on the uh, second half of the year? I think you've been busy pre Black Friday shopping over there. I'm trying to make sure I have all my deals ready to know so I can suck so, so can roadmap this properly and uh, <laughs> keep the crowds. <laughs> One of the things I was thinking about as we were talking about this is it. What, what, what was the, the e the e what what letters? Um, EPA, EPA. EPA. I keep thinking of EDP. Never EDP? happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. What's that guy doing right now? What's that guy what doing? Uh, uh, yeah. He went down a dark road. He kind of went down a dark road. Like to catch a predator type shit. He yeah. was like becoming a Philly icon. Now it's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah no. Don't call me. I'll call you. Yeah, type thing. I mean, I don't know who would want to take a selfie with that ass, but I mean, go figure. 
some some boner. Also, real quick, hold on. You would rather have Chris Godwin than Devontae Adams? No, I mean, but Devontae, oh, okay. I mean, Devontae is the gold. I mean, that's what right, I heard. He, but I, I, I thought I heard he wants to go to the West Coast. But, again, you have a big bag of money, you know. But, but like, you could get a – like, Christian Kirk's going to be available. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be available. Mike Williams is going to be available. Michael Gallup's going to be available. Like, DJ Chark's going to be available. They're not number ones, but they're solid number twos. Yeah, we need professional receivers that, like, actually can run routes – and produce like and produce. Jalen Rager being on the field is literally like having like it's like having us out there. It's like having us. I I said we straight for me a while ago, but now I'm actually off on off on him now. Who? The fact that like I don't know. I, I wanted that trade Get a year out of here. Now I don't, I don't want that Get kid out of here. I think I, I would I would become a full time Seahawks fan if that ever happened. I oh, don't boy. want him anywhere near. Ten foot. I wouldn't touch him with a ten foot pole. I don't want him anywhere near the uh, Slim Reaper. I don't want him putting any sort of bad fucking vibes or habits or. What about Mac Hollins? He's a. You know I would take, but he'll want Mac a lot of. Mac Hollins. We'll get him on the cheap. We'll get him on the cheap. I would take. Give up a washing machine. I think. Uh, I think Allen Robinson would be a great fit, but he might want too much money. But he's a big receiver. He's Alshon esque. Yeah, Bill, I think I like I liked your Chris Godwin idea, to be honest with you. Well, Chris Godwin, he's just he's just uh, like you put him in the slot and and Devontae on the other side, it's like pick your poison. Then you got Goddard on the other seam. So you got Godwin. I mean, that's, that's it, but that's the thing though. Like we're not like if you get a guy like Chris Godwin, can you can you like utilize him properly? Because he's a cross the middle kind of guy and we don't throw across the middle. <laughs> so it's like we, we, we might not want a guy that in the slot like that because that's where he, you know, makes his money. And we don't, for whatever reason, we don't like to go, I mean, up the middle to me would be the easiest throw. But we don't like to do that, apparently, from those throw charts that Jesse sends. We go. Well, I mean, the. Well, is it because we don't have anyone reliable enough to go? I mean, that's probably part of it. Yeah. Well, it is, well, and they don't trust Jalen Reed in the defense because if they're in cover two or like, you know, like the other, the, the different set. He may not read it, and he's going to the middle. That's six, seven. Like that's where most of the defenders are. So if you're, yeah, if you're that's, throwing into, don't throw into it. And I and think that's not. Tough. And if you look at the routes that that they they'll run, they'll run Devonte through the through the middle sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like like in a crossing route or something. But they don't want him hanging nah, out. They don't want to end his career. Yeah, he's too small. I don't want him. I mean, he can do it if need be, like in a big play. But you're right. I don't need him taking. I already hate that fucking brace he wears. It makes me odd to just seeing it. I think he's a what, monster. Elbow? A lineman brace, that thing he wears. Yeah, I he got ding- – Bill, he got dinged in practice. No, but I'm just saying, you know, the looks of it. Like, that's like a big old lineman brace that the linemen wear. Like, they, I hate – They that. said he – um, I think they said he hyperextended his elbow or something. Like, I, I, I don't know if they said it was like diving for a ball or he got tackled. But, yeah, his, his, his elbow got a little dinged up. No, I'm not worried about him long term. I think he's he he's everything as advertised. But I mean, if you look at the now, you look at the chart where they're starting to run him. That's where Jalen's, and it's where Goddard goes. So, like, that's the bigger thing. I don't think they've got, I don't think they've got a guy on the roster right now that Jalen trusts in the middle. Nah, and Ward was supposed to be yeah. that kind of that guy. And I think they were gonna. Well, obviously Rager. You know, we don't want to get the slot guy. We're gonna put Rager in the slot, and look what happens. He just can't get separation. And, and 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 I get it. And, you know, we pick on Howie because 
no, he deserves to be. But it's it's just so crazy. Like you can't translate the college game to the NFL game. It's like you just can't. Like you got to hope a guy can do what he did in college. Yeah. I mean, even like Trevor. Like I'm not selling. I mean, I'm not passing on Trevor. Like I think he could still be the man. I think I think it's more urban and that toxic environment than oh, yeah. Trevor. I think I think he doesn't want to be with Urban at all in that bullshit offense. But um, but I mean, I think you just see it. It's like we expect instant gratification. And I try to tell John, like, you got to be patient. Like, you got to like let things play out a little you bit. Cocksucker. <laughs> and you got to step back. It's a long season, and you know. But that's why we do that. We're here. We offer wisdom to each other. But it, but it, but I mean, but it's true though. Like. You know, guys like Big Ben or like, you know, somebody has success as a rookie and then you just expect it. I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers didn't play football for three years in the NFL before he well, started. And, the, and the, Bill, the crazy thing about Trevor Lawrence is he was a running quarterback at Clemson. He is. He, and but they, but they don't want him doing the RPO, which is kind of like his game because he's a big dude. He's like 6'4", 240. Like, he's a big dude. Yeah. And he can and move. If they ran – if the if the Jaguars were to run an offense kind of what, like, the Eagles do – I think Lawrence would be having a very good year. I think he would be phenomenal because he is every bit of the passer that they hope Jalen could be even sniff. I think oh, yeah. I think like the, the offense that they're running in Jacksonville is so predictable. It's run. I don't know. And I'm not a Jags fan, obviously, but it's just, I watch it for fantasy purposes. I have half their goddamn roster on my team and I just see it. And it's like, the most unimaginative offense in the world. And they have like no talent other than James Robinson, how he didn't draft, but whatever. But no, I mean, it's no, I think it's, I think second half of the season for the Eagles, I think it's, I mean, we have one of the, the easiest strength and schedules, but any given Sunday, I mean, dude, right. I don't know anybody who would have picked the Texans to beat the Titans at home this past Sunday. And, I mean, and, and like Washington's defense is for real. And Heine, well, they're getting they're getting a pass rush now. They were saying because they're saying that the, the front four are getting home now finally. And Heineke is a mobile quarterback. Like he, he is one of those guys. Like he's, and he's shown he's shown to have fight. I mean, Heineke fight. is. I've been saying this all year. Heineke is a poor man's Fitzmagic. He'll make some crazy great plays. He makes some stupid like what the hell throw was that dumbness? But watching that Panthers game, he just he got moxie. Like he just he just he's just like one of those kind of guys that. Both those games, Sean, I think could go either way. We'll probably win one, but you know, I, I, I mean, we could win two, but you know, the, the Redskins are not, you know, they got good receivers, a good running back, like they're an underachieving team this year for sure. So it's like those games aren't gimmies by any means. Like, wouldn't be shocked actually if we lost both. I would be a little shocked because we're playing so well, but division games are just so hard, man. Division games are tough. So, except for the Giants, who I think are, I still have concerns about the way we are closing out games, even when 100%. we have leads. You're exactly I mean, right. I that's my main concern. Is and you know Too you much see bending. that you see that a lot with young teams or teams that are that have a lot of change going on and still developing. You know their approach to the overall, you know, game prep, and I I feel like. Unfortunately, out of you know one of these six games, we're gonna get stung like we like we like we did you know against the Chargers. Or this defense, you know, Matt, is like is old too. That's the thing I don't understand. Like it's not like a bunch of young guys on defense. It's 
Roddy McLeod, it's Darius Slay, it's yep. Fletcher Cox up front. Like, okay, there's a couple guys around them, Barnett, Sweat, maybe younger guys. But, like, there's no reason why we should be just giving up 20-some-odd points yep. when you're up, like, 30. It makes I, no I sense. mean, I don't know about anyone else, but, like, I know we had the game in the bag. But, like, when we get gave up that touchdown late in the fourth quarter, that, that to me was a red flag. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, it, you know, if we were for real and we were really, you know, make wanting to make strides and make a statement in that game, you know, not just to the, not just for the Saints, but for ourselves, you know, and 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 leave the field with like feeling really good with a lot of momentum going into this Giants game, we would have we would have shut them down and we would not have let that happen. Um, you know, we 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 made the Saints feel like they were still in it you know, in the last four minutes of the game when, you know, we should have, you know, the, the more, the more, um, seasoned teams, you know, uh, in this league, I mean, they would just, they would have had to just shut down wrapped up. I think what we saw with the Saints game is that what's true in the NFL and everybody talks about it, but coaching quarterback now, now Simeon obviously is not anything to write home about, but when you have a coach like Sean Payton, who just knows how to game plan against yep. a team, and like, like they're not going to give up. Like they're, he they're had like, us, he had us on our heels when we had the game. Pretty much, like we should have been just, it should have been locked up. Like, yeah, we, I mean, we were know, probably a different game if Kamara's playing. Maybe I mean, who knows? But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's you know, I mean, a win's a win. You know, you play who's on the field. So I'm not big on that. Oh, if they had Kamara, we would have lost. Whatever. But I definitely think. Um, you know, whatever happens this year happens this year, you know, no, you know, um, I'm like, John, I don't care about the record this year, but you know, we, we do want to win. Uh, I think Nick has to learn how to, like you said, finish games and just go for the jugular and be like Belichick. Like two weeks ago, he, they beat the, the Jets 54 to like 13. They had, yeah. they, I mean, they had their starters in when it was like 44 to 13 in the fourth quarter. Now, you know, that's a bit much, but it's like, these professional athletes paid to do a job. Like until that says zeros, or you feel you're up thirty with the whatever to go, you keep going a hundred percent. And we hundred percent took did not do that in the fourth quarter. We were like, oh, the game's over, we're up twenty or whatever. No, we were on the we were, our offense was on the sideline, dancing and and and, when, and, and that and that around youth and just experience, knowing that uh, I hope it doesn't happen, obviously. But once they get snake, I mean. This will it'll happen probably when they're up twenty five and lose the game, and maybe that's what's going to take them to realize that this is the NFL. Like, Saints scored three touchdowns in five minutes, and what it happened? They scored three touchdowns in like five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> like, and also you can't always rely on a Darius Slay interception touchdown return either. That's like, the other thing too. It's like with this like, win, the win. Um, you know, the who's, who did we play last week with the Broncos? Was the Broncos, Broncos touchdown? Yeah. Like you take out those defensive touchdowns, and we we only win by one score. Now I know that's part of the game. I'm not depleting that, right? But it's you know taking away those scores that don't happen a lot. It's it's a one score game, you know. So it's 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 that's very real that we're not in a position to really you know, like you said, take the foot off the brakes because we don't you know we're still learning how fast we can go on offense. Like we need to exactly. Jay, I mean, this is what Jesse is Jalen's. He had four, and this is a fifty. So, the, so the, this next this week would be his first official full season of playing football. Yeah, like 
know. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, this offense needs all the reps they can get, whether it's garbage time late in fourth quarter. Like we need to be, we need, we need to be, like you said, you know, like the Belichick, you know, approach is just like until that clock reads, you know, zeros, you know, we're, we're out there to, to score touchdowns. No, I agree. It's, it's, uh, no, it's promising that, and I think that's all we all wanted deep down. It's just like, like anything, just like like the Giants. Like I was reading the Giants article about how they got to fire Joe. Jesus Judge. Christ, who is that? Turn the phone off. Act like a professional. I don't even know how you even do that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know who's doing it? I have an idea. Put it in the toilet. That'll help. I mean, does anyone is anyone else concerned that you know? This week's games coming off of a, a major holiday, and then fast forward to like the December twenty sixth game, another major holiday. Like no. those the are fine there too. The fact that they don't get on a plane is like yeah, but I don't I don't care about that. I don't I don't really care about that. I don't, I don't really care about. I mean, we got on a plane and went a mile high above sea level and got a win. So I don't really. And and we only we only we got our first home win this past week and and how long like mm-hmm. that to me that doesn't we suck at helps. home we suck at home right now yeah, yeah but, but I, I think, think it helps not, that you're not you're not travel yeah you're not beating your your body up with sleep and getting you know get, you know getting home at you know three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning like they are sleeping in their own beds at night and getting on a, a bus or a train as far as they're doing for like Washington. And that's it. They're home. You know, they'll be home in bed as, as a, a normal person. Would be. And Except for Fletcher Cox, he goes out after losses and doesn't and really care. If they're taking the train, they could probably start, re, start recovery right on the train. What, you know, was, like, the, what was the game? What was the, oh, game? Was it the Raiders game? Was the first like we were coming off of a long break of that game, and we were off. We, we were all smelling ourselves, feeling ourselves that game because we were like, "Oh, we had all this extra rest," and we ended up getting smacked in the mouth. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I mean, that shit doesn't really. Do well, I mean, you got to show up and me. you got to show up and play. That's ninety yeah. percent of it. But I, you know, competitive advantage is competitive advantage. I mean, if you don't have to travel and you're, you know, far, you're staying on the east coast. I mean. I think that's that's help that's helpful, um, and the fact that the teams you're playing are below 500 minus one team, I mean, I think that helps too. Yeah, we're also below 500, but we're, yes, yeah. I mean, there could be. I mean, I'm not it, trying to this season. Th- I mean, this schedule could have been flipped, and you could have started out with the cakewalk. Yeah. Now, now you're trying to you know go against the Chiefs and Tampa oh, Bay and all these other guys that, you, you know, San, flying to San Francisco and doing all that shit, like, yeah. and the tail end, you know, granted, you know, it's cold weather now. It's a little bit different, but, you know, it, the, yeah. the schedule kind of, like, really worked out for us in, in that aspect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, they're, they're again, any given Sunday, I mean, I wouldn't take – I don't sit here and go, oh man, the New York Giants are terrible. Because I, the, the last three teams that we faced, who were their running backs? Is Austin Eckler the best running back we faced, and we lost to that game? Like Saquon Barkley isn't a bad running back. I mean, that guy can get 
that guy can take over a game. And he's, I know yeah. he's coming. I know he's coming off an injury, yeah. and and he's you know first season back from that. But like, still the way we tackle running backs, the the way we just let running backs sort of, you know, or the way we don't tackle running backs. Yeah, exactly. And not having a like Jesse said, not having our you know our middle linebacker there or one of our linebackers on. It's not really middle. Um, yeah, I mean that 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 Daniel Jones. I mean he doesn't scare me, but is Sterling Shepard and Galladay and Tony all going to be health, healthy? I don't know. No, and Slayton like they have a they have a pretty decent wide receiver core on paper. Um, yeah, they do. Their their tight end isn't terrible. Um, I mean they got Leonard Williams on the lot defensive line. Darius Tony stinks. What do you mean? He's actually really good. It's like his first game back or first game playing, second game playing. He's a bad character pick. Okay, I, would, well, I wouldn't want him on my team. That's all I'm he, saying. He threw a, a, a nice bomb the other night. He's got an arm. Jed, that's just me. He put that on a rope. I don't draft Cowboys or Giants. I don't know if, I can, if everyone here can say that. I can't what? say that. Oh, are you talking about fancy football now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Didn't you start Wentz a couple weeks ago? Me? Yeah. I'm starting Wentz. I'm starting Wentz this week. I have to. It's funny that he, him and Jalen in the same exact game this past week, Wentz was like 13 for 25, 104 yards, and then he won. And Jalen was like 13 for 24, like 142 yards and won. But yeah, Jalen makes a million dollars and Carson makes 36 million. We're paying them both. Paying the ball off. Did you see the new Hard Knocks? No, I haven't watched it yet. The first one was last week, I think, and uh, they didn't bash Is it, wor- is it worth it? Yeah, it's good. It's better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like the kind of like typical, oh, Philly's not a bad. And it was just like they were like, did they, you know, did they pander to Carson Wentz? Yeah, oh yeah, like he's yeah, the main. Him and Frank Reich. It's all about him and Frank Reich. Oh, like God. that's like the bulk of the episode. And then Darius Leonard gets to the end of it, but. They go to what, like, rents his home. His wife's pregnant with, I guess, another kid. So mm-hmm. it's after the game when they beat the, uh, I think it's the Jets, maybe, the game afterwards. They uh, win and they go to his house and it's like the morning. They don't talk about his kid. He's not vaccinated. No, he did not talk about that. He talked uh-huh. about just um, the, the narrator was like, you know, sometimes a fresh change is needed. And, you know, Carson needed out of Philly. Philly needed Carson out of, Philly needed Carson out of, you know, out of the town. So they didn't. They didn't like bash it, you know. But Frank Wright, you'll see, has a man crush on this guy. Talk that. Talk about how they, when he went to North Dakota to, to scout him, you're not supposed to, but he jumped in Carson's truck after the workout, and they were talking about Bible passages, and Frank yes. told him his favorite one, what it was, like something John three sixteen, and Corbin Carson got out with had that as his screensaver, and Frank like fell in love with him and. You know, told Harry this is our guy and da, 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 and stuff and but yeah no and then you know it's uh, yeah it, 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 it's just not crazy but again you know they didn't bash the Eagles much you know they were just they pretty much made Carson Wentz like being like he's like Mahomes or Brett Favre it's like all right you know gunslinger nothing but a win attitude it's like well he had a year that he won listen <laughs> the, the, there's no doubt the kid's got talent the problem is he just doesn't stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, now he's staying healthy now. I mean, good, good. It's a good time. But, 
to stay healthy. He's, but, he's, you know, he's staying healthy, but he's not the same. He's not the same player that he was before that injury. He's just not. He's not doing the same stuff that he used to well, be. Well, they don't want him. They don't want him running around because he'll get he'll get injured. Yeah, <laughs> they want him to hand the ball off and throw the ball. That's it. You know. But like he was special in in that year. He sure was. He was very good. But you know, like everything else, you know, th- there's Patrick Mahomes. Now everyone questions Patrick Mahomes. It's like, you know, Russell Wilson. He was the he was the superstar last five six years. And look at him, you know. Yeah, and, Rod, and look, Rod, look at Rodgers. You know, you could name it. The only the only consistent person here is Tom Brady. Yeah, and he's like an anomaly. Well, and that's the wild thing to me is that, um, that you know, all these Eagles fans are like clamoring to give up two or three first round picks, and it's like there's there's still like holes on this roster. We're not. We're not a, a quarterback away from no. And and on top of it, you know, they 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 have a good amount of cap space, but they don't have enough to fill the holes through free agency. So it's it'd be insane to not use those three first round picks. And we're not paying someone or a bunch of people right now. No, granted we are we are paying Carson, guys like Fletcher Cox, but like Guys like Miles Sanders are gonna want to pay, get paid, right? Dallas Goddard just got paid for a, a fairly decent amount, but like it wasn't like blow away. Josh Sweat was like a sweetheart deal. Like, you know, we're gotten, we're getting to the point now where we're gonna get a couple of those big ticket guys off the books, mm-hmm. and then you could spread a little bit more of that money around. You get your Avante Maddox signed. You get a couple of these other guys, other than Slay probably, um, and Fletcher. You know, I don't know who else like big ticket guys like eventually you're gonna have to pay Jalen Jalen Hurts you're gonna have to pay soon they so, because of his contract they can't do it um I think they can do it at some point next year yeah so and and that, and the thing that sucks is we really will only have and this was one of the things that I was losing my mind about when when all this first happened was they so they traded Carson we are going to have one year, one single year of cheap rookie quarterback that we could take advantage of one. Mm-hmm. And it'll be his, it'll be his lame duck year, which they're going to have they'll which he'll have his contract redone at that point. Cause if his contract's not done going into that last year, him and his age are going to be like, listen, got- it's all good. It, it's all good problems to have. No, right? absolutely. Because we could, we could, we could all look at the other side of this coin, and we could, we could be sitting here, not even talking about the Eagles, because we'd have Joe Flacco, yeah, or Marcus Mariota, or or Minshew playing, and we'd be like, all right, well, who who are the top five, six, seven quarterbacks that we might want to go after in the draft or in free agency, and we have some glimmer of hope. We're yeah. like. This guy can manage games, win games, and he, he's like not a – I don't want to say he's like not a basket case. He's like – looks like a leader. Oh, yeah. Like, but what I was – what I was, like a leader. was the reason – the reason that team, the 2017, 2017 team, was able to sustain the injuries that they had and still win a Super Bowl was because of the depth, and the depth was provided by having – a quarterback on a cheap deal. 
We do not have that right now because we've got $50 million in dead cap this year. We're going to have $30 million in dead cap next year. All the dead cap is cleared in two years. So that's just the, that's the one thing what you're like, damn, like if they could, if, if we didn't have a $30 million dead cap hit next year with the first round picks and everything else, we could be a favorite depending on what they do in drafting free agency. We could be a favorite for, for a, 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 a conference title next year because of the, the intangible, like to your point, John, Jalen hurts is a leader. And like every week you hear these guys say, wherever he goes, we're following him. He's Didn't somebody leader. send a link or something or what did I read the, the he took every offensive player out to lunch. Yeah. I sent, I sent that around. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, he took every guy, every guy to get to know him. And like, we're, we're talking about a dude that he's on a, he's on a mid second, like he's on a mid second round deal. Like he's got that East Bay money though. But yeah, I mean like it's East Bay commercial. That's more money than like we'll ever make, but for him to be doing yourself, sir, (laughs) speak for yourself, but for him to be doing stuff for that serious money, like for him to be doing stuff like that shows how, how committed he is. And he's another one. It's probably, it, it probably is him and, and the Reaper every day. He's not making a ton of money to your point. And he, and what I've always liked is that when you get a guy like that, he's hungry. Yeah. So he wants to play his, you know, what off to show that he is deserving of that kind of contract that a franchise quarterback needs. And on top of all that, you know, especially Jesse, his history with, Alabama and Oklahoma, like mm-hmm. the guy's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, which Absolutely. is good too. Like, oh, Tua got drafted and I'm a second round pick and I was, you know, kicked to the curb and I had to transfer and all the shits. Like, dude, look at who would you rather have right now, Tua or him? Like, oh, him. It's, it's not even a question. It's like, you know, so I, 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 I like the kid. There's something about him. There's just, there's something about him, it, it, you know. And then you saw, like what my said, like he's, he's my guy. You don't touch my guy. Yeah. Like my was going to murder that dude after he pushed hurts out of, out of bounds. And then for the rest of the game was like, cool, cool. You're my bitch. Yeah. And I'm going to punish you. Devante's McDonald's order is before every home game. It's a McGriddle, two hash browns, and orange juice. And I hate your face and everything about it. <laughs> but like, you, just you, ruin the game. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna ruin you. But fun fact: he lives in Marlton, so it's got to be a close McDonald's. This one on seventy. On if he if he takes seventy, yeah, down to like to two ninety five to hit the bridge. Is one on seventy in Marlton that he probably or, 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 or it's the Ellsberg one. So or it's the Ellsberg one. Ellsberg one could be a two. But that's a little past two ninety five. If he goes, he could, but he could just go all the way to like to the bend. And yeah, but if he's, if he's going Marlton, there's that one right before um, uh, where the the dealerships are. The where the um, BMW and the Cadillac dealers are. Oh, that, yeah, that, uh, that's right, more like Mount Laurel Maple Shade up there. I picture Marlton like off of 70 a little bit more, but he could be up that far. We'll have to find yeah. out. Next time we're over for a recording, we'll have to ask which one he goes to. 
because my breakfast would be the, the the burritos there. But hey, can't go wrong with some pan. I I never had a McGriddle personally, but fast fast food fit. But I mean, you, you've got you've got guys that that came from because there, you know, there are some holdovers that that won that Super Bowl. There's still a couple holdovers that yeah. know what it takes. Brandon but, Graham's going to be back, sure. But so this team isn't going to win a Super Bowl next year either. Like, could you catch lightning in a bottle? Absolutely. Can anything happen? Sure. It. I mean, it it depends on what they do in the draft and free agency. Like. What? Where they're going to be, they're going to be able to get an impact corner, safety, or linebacker at that at those spots. And the the great thing is, the crazy thing is, there's so many good linebackers coming out this year. There's going to be legitimate starting linebackers in the second round that any other year would have been like mid first round picks. Guarantee Harry goes to line. Guarantee he goes to line. That first pick, I'll, I'll I'll bet you a shot and a beer, whatever number pick we have, if it's not in the top five, if it's not a top five pick, how he's going D line. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Bill, it depends on if if that um corner slash safety from LSU still on That's the board. I mean, depending certain certain spots, but there's like three or four D linemen that are in like the seven to twenty range. I guarantee one of them's going to be an eagle with our first pick because we're so, going to try because. Because, I mean, it's a spot that you can't have too many good guys on. I mean, you just can't have too many good guys on the, either side of the line. It's just you need big bodies. Like, you know, I mean, we're seeing it now. I mean, look at Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. Like, you can find running backs. You know, you can find – like, receivers are a little tougher. But big bodies who can, like, play. Like, I'm on board with that Andy philosophy for sure. Like, win the game in the trenches. Like, once you have your quarterback. And, you know, I think at this point it's like – yeah, no, I think uh, I think Jalen, Jalen needs to be our guy. Speaking about our guy, is uh, hopefully Joel's back on Saturday to so stop this bleeding a little bit. Yeah, I think he had COVID. I thought he just had like COVID protocol. No, he, he, he apparently he got him pretty good. Did he? And did, did did they say if he was vaccinated too, or was he a non-vaccinated? He was vaccinated. I thought he was. I thought I'm coming out saying about it, like do your part, like he did like a PSA mm-hmm. for it. I thought, but I forgot if it was him I, or not. I, I hope he comes back so that way it makes the Sixers somewhat interesting to watch again. They are. I mean, they're in every game. They're not like getting blown out. They're losing by like four or five points. Yeah, That's or I mean, or they're winning. I mean, they they won a couple of the the last the, eight games. We're three games out of the two seed in the yeah. East. You know, so it's it's you yeah. know, we're and, there. and there's there's nine hundred games left. So it's just so it's just like yeah I, I haven't watched I haven't watched since Joel's been well I I really watched much of it um I haven't had the urge to I I, I just have I, I watched a little bit but I love I, I put it on for me a little bit to watch Maxi yeah it just has a motor yeah and dude's killing it and I just yeah I just see this team and like with Joel being healthy if we get anything that can contribute for Ben this year like forget superstar just like maybe a one or two role players that are good. I don't think there's any dominant team in the, in the NBA this year that we couldn't win a championship this year. Cause Joel, I think is that before he got hurt, we were eight and two. We were the number we were, the, we were depending on, on multiple sites we were in the top three of best NBA teams without Ben even. Cause Joel's that good. Like we're getting used to it. But whenever you, whenever you read, like I was watching CBS, the morning show with Boomer and uh, Gio a little bit ago when, when the uh, 
Sixers were playing, were playing, playing the Knicks, and they just like the fans calling in. Just everybody drools over Joel. Like we're getting spoiled with Joel because we see it every night. And Joel's an MVP candidate. I mean, like it just you know it's. So I I really think we just got to get him another piece or two this year, and that's up to Maury because I think I think this team is like built to win. Like this is a fifty-five win team when they're healthy. Like this is a good team. Like when you really watch them, like Drummond, Drummond is, is a monster down low. Like I feel if we had Drummond last year, said a fucking idiot Dwight Howard, that we could have a different fucking season because Dwight had so many game-changing, stupid fucking fouls constantly. Where Drummond is just, you know, do dumb shit and just plays like a dirty kind of cheap old man. Fucking pushes everybody in the back for rebounds. And he's just a huge tank. And well, I think we actually thought that – I think what we thought we were going to get in Dwight, we we truly have, now have in Drummond. Drummond uh, play, yeah. like him and Doctor like friends, so it works out well. But it's like there's a good aura with that. Like it just really could be inconsistent. And I guess it just comes down to guys like Korkmaz and Shake being consistent NBA players like you can't have a good four or five game run and then play like shit for four or five games like you don't gotta play like an all-star every game but like I saw on the stat line Corky for like four games in a row was like two for ten two for twelve yep. like you can't have those games if you're gonna be our like guy like you can't if you're gonna be one of our main shooters so I think that's the thing that I see early on from and I never watched much yet because I just I haven't got my heart around the Sixers yet, honestly. If we're good, if we're being real, I just have no, to. No, you're not. You're not. You're not. You're not alone there. And you know, it's it's sad, really, because you think about it. You know, th- you know, Jesse. With all due respect, I mean, you do your part to keep up with the Sixers, but like three out of the four of us on this podcast are really big Sixers fans, and I just feel like we just haven't. You know, to hear to hear you, Bill, say like I'm just not motivated to watch them right now. Like, like any other year, we would be all in right now. We'd be watching every game, you know, analyzing every game, like just into it. And it's like, it's like, and it's not just because we like the. It's not because of our love for the Sixers. It's also just our love for the game of basketball too. And it's like something, something about the Ben Simmons drama. Has just deflated. Yep. That's why it should have. It should have been. We could. We even talked about this. Like we could see it coming. Yeah. And until it until that cloud goes away, interest of this team is just going to dwindle. They're not going to get. I mean, they're on prime time now, but like they could have had a Christmas game. They're not having a Christmas game. Like a grand that stuff was already. Now down that's, before the yeah, that's actually a good point. I'll let you finish. That's fucked up that we were oh, the one C last year and we don't get a Christmas Day game. And we had we've had Christmas games over the past like we've had we've we've had Christmas games like the past like four or five years now. That yeah, might have also been a scheduling thing. I don't know who it could be, even. but guys like Joel and he finished number two in the MVP race last year. Like yeah. he's a prime time player. Like I'm sorry. But anyway. <laughs> no, they just they just have to I, I think what the problem, what, what we're feeling is this, something needs to happen. This is with the situation. We can't keep having like another Howard Eskin tweet and another report by Woj and this, that, and the other thing, like something needs to happen here. 
because the longer it goes on, the less you're going to get for him. Like, cause people are just going to forget about him. I, I, I understand the idea of like, okay, let's wait till like the trade deadline or all-star break to sort of figure something out. But to Bill's point, which I, I don't necessarily agree with, I don't think they are a team that can beat anybody in the NBA right now. But if you want to, if you want to get rid of him and get somebody during the all-star break, like you need to get that camaraderie, that, 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 that mesh of like working with the team, like very quickly, if you're going to compete immediately for a championship, that's what I'm saying. Like make this deal now, get rid of him now. And you can use this time, the, you know, before Christmas or whatever, when they, or even before this time to make that move to, to, to help mold this team. Because like I said, the longer this pans out, the worse it's going to be for the Sixers. I could care less what Ben, what happens to Ben Simmons. But all I care about is what the Sixers get for him. And the longer this goes on, you're going to get a fucking washing machine. It's like, come on, guys. Got to do something. Yeah, and also just like – and not only just, you know, the whole Ben thing, but then when Joel went out and he – you know, and if he's not playing, it just doesn't – the whole energy around what the Sixers are supposed to be, it's just not there. It's like, I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm not getting excited over. I mean, I'm very pleased to see, you know, Maxi progressively oh, yeah. is. When's the last time Matt, that the first but it's round not, pick was it's good. not making me, it's not making, it's making me tune in, you know, it's making me tune in and check the score, but it's not sustaining my interest. Like, it's just not like, yeah. like there are, they're, they're whooping up on the Warriors right now, but like, Okay, that th- that's great. Can they do that in a seven game series? Like, I don't, I don't know. Absolutely not. You know, but Joel Embiid, that's a different story. Like, I think, and what I'll say to this, to to the counterpoint, it's yeah, I, I don't think we're like a championship favorite right now. I, I definitely, you know, with, without Ben, I mean, that's a big no, mis- compete for a championship right now to be able to compete for a championship. I no, I'm, but I'm saying that if Ben came back to play, even if he doesn't shoot. And Ben plays the way he played even the last year. This Joel, the NBA is no different than any other level of basketball we played. And it's that simple. The best player on the court almost always wins. And Joel has proven he can be that, but you but he can't be the only one. That's right. like he needs he needs he's he's Batman, obviously, but he needs Robin and Toby. Is Robin for a game or two, but then when game five, yeah, he's not, yeah, right, and, well, and that's what I'm saying. I agree. So, like, my thing is, it's yes, we we have that guy, Batman player that there's only maybe seven to ten of in the whole league, but we he needs help, and we have the perfect team, but we're really missing like one or two pieces from being that. Oh shit! Here come the Sixers team. So, so why, why, as your general manager, do you sit here and you go, all right, I'm just going to play the sit and wait game because as every game they play and the closer you get to February. Because, because honestly, they missed their boat. They should have traded Ben at the all-star break last year Yeah, uh, when his value was high. But now teams still have the last image of him is shitting all over himself in front of Trey Young in on that in that playoff game. 
and you know now we he's not he's left with nothing but to sit and wait for an injury to happen a team you know to you know get desperate because it's like Look at De'Aaron Fox and the Kings. Like he was untouchable all off season. See, here's the thing. Now, there it is. Coach. This might be our opportunity. Like that's, I think things that's, like that are going to. That's what Maury's waiting for. Is things season. like that are going to start happening. Well, like, and now that they're into the season, because one of the things that I saw was, that, you know, people are like, I don't know why Sixers fans are getting so hot about this. He's not getting traded till at least Christmas. Because, because December fifteenth, you can trade players you signed that off season. Yeah. So you so basically, guys that they want that got signed, now basically now the whole league's available for trade after the fifteenth. So that's the that was the date that they're kind of keying into. Well, and and like, the, I understand it from Maury's perspective because, especially with the the rules in the NBA where you have to balance out salaries and everything else, it's going to be difficult enough to trade this dickhead. You need to try to get some value back to make the Sixers better. Now, granted him, him not playing on the team and being a drag on the salary cap is a, is a negative for the team right now, but he's treating it like he's injured. Ben Simmons is injured. And so it doesn't matter. The, the, you know, the, the cap is what the cap is. And well, remember, he's getting fined, too. Yes. But but the point, though, is... So they're recouping some money. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's not like... Money charity, can, usually. They usually donate from, the money to charities when you find players. But the NBA doesn't forgive that on your salary cap. Correct. But So he's looking at it from a... The, the Sixers are probably like, you know, just we're thinking of it like Ben, you know, fucked his knee up. And eventually, he's not going to, you know, we'll trade him. And as soon as they can get a good offer for him or a fair offer, because well, I know they know they're not going to get what they could have gotten at the all-star break last year. So they're at this point, they're trying to at least get something that on paper or whatever makes them at least as good or better than they currently are. And where, was, where does this all-star game last year trade talk come from? I don't, why would they have ever traded him last year before the all-star game? They well, were the number the Harden, one in the East. The Harden deal, I think. I think I think he's referring to the Harden deal. Yeah, the Harden. Yeah. Wasn't that around the All Star game? No, it was around. That maybe a little before, but no, I, it, was, I, it was it was way before that. I know, but but that's what he meant though. Like he meant yeah, like mid season trade. But but he comes out. Daryl Morey comes out and says, "Listen, we're gonna we're gonna wait this out. This could be four years, and we're gonna not. We want some. We want a superstar level caliber value for him. Yeah, and we and we've gone through this." We know the guys that are superstar value and those guys aren't leaving their teams. So at one point you kind of say to yourself, all right, well, I sort of like opened my mouth, insert foot here, and I'm going to have to take lesser value for him because he's already said it. So getting buddy healed, Darren Fox is not superstar value. In my opinion, you know, those four guys that we've named or three guys that we've named in previous podcasts, those are the guys that I think they're interested in, but Bradley, those guys aren't going to leave. So I could have, I would have taken Lowry. I would have taken Lowry for Ben Simmons. You're setting expectations. He only wanted to play here. He said he only wanted to play here with Ben and Joe. He didn't want to play for the Sixers. But when Ben said, I guess I read an article about that, that he was, he was all about coming here. 
But once he knew Ben wanted out, he said, I'm out. I only wanted to be in Philly with Ben and Joe. He didn't want to play here without Ben, which I find kind of well, that, up. that's uh, that's very weird because that's taking the ball out of his hands. If he wants to play, well, he, ben. he could have made Ben like a better player. Like he would have ran the point and made Ben just a straight dunker and cutter. But um, also, I think the one player, I think the one player we're still toning in on and whatever it's and from what I'm reading, it's not that outlandish. It's James Harden because this is the last year of his deal, and not most times guys sign their extensions <laughs> before the season of their last year's deal starts. And word is is he's not happy in Brooklyn that they're just not winning like this. Like the culture is fucked up with the whole Kyrie thing, and like he wants out of there too. And what I heard that they would try to do is a sign and trade to give let him get the max. What we do with Jimmy Butler basically. They can sign him for the full max deal, trade him to us, so he gets the max deal, and then we trade Ben for James, which I think is like the pinnacle of what could happen. But that's they said next offseason because he doesn't James doesn't want to leave during the season. Basically, he wants to ride the season out with KD, which I get. Um, but I think that's I think that's a that's a good way to dig yourself into a, into a. I mean, it's a it's a big chance to sit no, there. No, it, it is, but so, I mean that's that's Maury's mo: go big or. You All right, know. but that's another year you lose of of your quote unquote superstar Joe time, and like I, that's why at we, some point it's going to be like, oh, you got your guy, but but Ben Simmons is in a wheelchair, and you, I'm sorry, you can't use him. So then no, we have James Harden, and right. then we don't have anything else. You know, Joe can change in a year. Like Joe can say, you know what, I'm fucking tired of this. I want out of Philly. I'm tired right. of this shit. Get me out of here. Which yeah. I don't think he would because I think he's learned a valuable yeah, lesson in this whole thing. Fixer. I, I think he's going to go down, whether it's three years or five years and hopefully longer, but I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll play for another franchise in my opinion. I no. think he, I think he'll, he'll go out as a sixer, which is nice. Unless. I really, really want him to win a championship. I don't um, care. I haven't wanted a player to win a championship. I'm trying to think of the last one I've wanted so much. I, I, I mean, the Ryan, first, How- Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard and Chase Utley, I love, but they were like, as I loved them, they won. So I was like, all right, they got, I want Joel Embiid to win a championship so fucking bad. Like, I want him to hoist that trophy for everything he's done. And now that he has taken that step where keeping his body in better shape and like not fucking around from all this dumb shit when he was younger. But I, I just, I, man, I want that guy, just one, forget the dynasty that we wanted for, oh, we're going to win for. I don't care if we're like the Eagles again. Give me one. Give me one, and I'm happy that Joel got his. But I'm scared. I'm scared that that's not going to happen, that we're going to get close, and whether it's shortcomings having coaches like Doc, you don't know how to make in-game adjustments like he couldn't do against – I mean, he got outcoached by Nate McMillan. That, whole, that last three games of that series, he was outcoached because he, he did not have the balls to pull Ben off the court sooner and play other guys who would shoot. And not only, I mean, there are more things than that, but I mean, I guess it's just. I think we got smacked cold. in the mouth by that team, too. What's that? I think we got smacked in the mouth by the Hawks. No, they, they played with no fear, and we played not to lose after. Yeah. And it's like, we, we, we're we the played one. down. We played down. To, we thought we were going to play down to them, and they they came in and just punched us in the throat. And, and, and but, they get it, but they get every year, though, like, there's always a player or two that could I mean, the year before, Jimmy Butler went in the bubble, went to the final. Oh, my God, he's the next dynasty. What happened? Jimmy got hot for the playoff run, and they took carrying them far. What happened for the Hawks? Trey got hot and carried them. What, the Hawks this year, I mean, they're winning a little bit now, but they were like two and six. 
Like the Hawks aren't a dynasty. Like no. that's, what they, that's what the NBA is. It's like guys get hot and they can carry you. One or two guys. I mean, the Bucks. Literally, Giannis and Middleton carried them to a championship. I mean, if you if you look at the other stat lines of them teams, it's like the whole team was thirty eight Giannis, thirty two Middleton, six for uh, Lopez, five four. Two. Like it was just well, they, Drew 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 got hot at Drew, the right Drew, time Drew, too. He actually played really bad. Drew shot like horribly, but he shot and shooting the ball creates opportunities, and that's what like. Ben just doesn't pick up on it. I mean, I know he knows it, but it's like, dude, even if you fucking miss, it creates havoc underneath the rebound, like underneath the boards for Joel and you and Toby, whoever to like, God, it just fucks up the game so much by him that for him just being a soft little bitch. I don't know. I'm sorry, Ben. I didn't mean that. I mean, I did, but I don't get rid of him. Figure it out sooner rather than later. I don't think anyone needs to apologize to Ben Simmons. No, no he, apology, Bill. Don't apologize. I, I can't wait till he gets traded in his first press conference with his next team. I'll, I'll be glued to that because I'd love to hear his idiot answers and what what dumb shit comes out of his mouth. I hope he's it, in like I hope he's in like Indiana or some sh- shitty city. That's what I hope for. Well, yeah, and and then also you got to think. What other t- like is that just the beginning of like his his exile of like the league? Like, yeah, he'll go. We'll trade him to a team, but then, you know, how long is it before he just becomes a journeyman and he ends up out of the league? A part of me hopes he go somehow. He swindles his way to the to the Lakers. They don't want him. Part of me wants. Oh, they absolutely need him. <laughs> They need defense terribly. They would. They would. They him and Russ. I would pay to see him and Russ shoot six for fifty. Those two. They, those two clowns on the court together would be a shit show. The the. Ben it really is. is exactly, the Lakers are pretty comical right now. But he's it. exactly what they need. He's exactly what they need. Well, they, well, they don't have anything that we need, so it's not going to happen because they got nothing that we need. I don't know. I wouldn't even take him for LeBron. I wouldn't even trade Ben for LeBron. Well, you're out, of your, you're out of your mind for that. Well, I would, I guess, actually. Yes, you would. But I mean, if Maxi wasn't as wasn't playing as well as he's he is, I would take a chance on Russell Westbrook. I just think he's he's too he's too about him. Like I, I, I don't want guys like that. He's he's a shittier version of Iverson Iverson to me. He plays hard, but he's all about his stats. He's I saw an article about Jason Tatum, which is kind of crazy that he's got a lot of heat from like uh, some like NBA circles that he's just about like he'd rather lose and score 39 than win and score 15. Like he's that kind of player. And that's why Maybe he wants out of Boston. No, no, he just he wants to be like them to build around him completely. Like he wants to be the guy and they want to build like the team culture with Jalen Brown, Dennis Schroeder, a few pieces they have there. And apparently, like, you know, that's holding them back. They feel that he's not helping other players. Like, he doesn't pass the ball, basically. Like, he takes – he leads the league and like, I think – it wasn't called bad shots, but, like, he takes shitty shots all game, every game, instead of passing the ball. Low percentage shots. And it's just like, oh, we had that guy here for a lot of years. He wore number three. So I know how that goes. Sounds like my game in the men's league. I take super low percentage shots. All the time. 
John dropping ring drops off top of the key, like Derek Coleman. That's right. God, I really want to. I also, I've, been, I've been thinking about going up to Haddon Heights and seeing if they're playing up there. No, no, there's no open gym because of the. the I didn't think I, I didn't think there would be, but if there was, I'd be tempted to go out there and see uh, see Christian and all those guys. So, fellas, before we put put a bow on this episode, anything you guys would like to um, say that you were you're grateful for this year? Or uh, thankful for say, on the say, what is it? What's a grateful giving <laughs> on the on the or thankful for for? Uh, we could also say our Philadelphia Union still in the playoffs. Yeah, that's great. Right that's Philly. Right. I guess that's what you're thankful for. No, there's other things that I'm thankful for. Uh, like what? I'm gonna have a baby, son. All right. <laughs> Congratulations, Jalen. That's right. And the great thing about that is if the baby is a boy and or a girl, he can still be named Howie. <laughs> with the world we live in, it's very progressive to call a girl Howie. Let's let's be real. The the baby's first words is gonna be go birds. Go birds. That's right. Come right go out of the womb. <laughs> is it a boy or girl? Go, go birds. birds. <laughs> Please tell oh. me you're gonna have like a, a baby toy that's a cigar too. Oh, absolutely, bro. Something you just chew on. (laughs) (laughs) If it wasn't so goddamn cold out tonight, I was going to smoke another one up. Oh, yeah, Jesse, do do we have a cigar to review or no? I mean, the only one that I – the only ones that I've been getting into are ones that we've done – that I've reviewed on our – pod before okay so we don't have a cigar that's okay we'll work I mean, on that for the we'll a, work on that for the 2022 when we podcast again i i will i've got a ton <laughs> that i've been aging i will i will break one of i will break one of them out um no because like our listeners are anxiously awaiting well because like they're special because i can't i can't get those pravada cigars whereas i i smoked a um my father, Le Beijou. You can get that anywhere. It's a, it's that? a my <laughs> father is the brand and it's Le Beijou or like something all like that. You, you, said, you, said French. Some, you said some crazy French shit, Le Beijou. Yeah. yeah that's, the, that's the cigar. It's a sexy talk. Yeah. Um, no wonder you just made a baby talking French. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it was voted like cigar of the year before. It's a fantastic cigar. It's not a super expensive stick. Is it a good smoke? It's a fantastic smoke. Um, but I could get it anywhere. Whereas like these Pravada ones that I get once a month, once they're sold out, they're sold out and they're gone. So you gotta you gotta put some other stuff in your mouth to get some of those. So yeah. uh, uh but apparently Pravada just did a um what they called it? They called it a Dark Wednesday. And they they had like a couple of all of their these ultra rare cigar releases that they put up on their web store. Some of them are still available, and um, they are fantastic. Great. Well, we'll be looking out for those reviews in the uh, in in the near near future, twenty twenty two. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm thankful for this podcast. I know we do it once, you know, once a quarter now, but you know, 
I'm I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this podcast and and thankful for the guys that I do this podcast for, my family and my friends. That's sweet. Yeah, it's real sweet, right? That's yeah, so sweet. yeah, yeah. Yeah, kiss my ass. All right. <laughs> wow, does that sound better? That's, that's better. better. That sounds better. That sounds more like a forfeit. There you go. That's more. Yeah. That's more. Merry that's Christmas. More. Merry Christmas. Kiss his ass. Kiss my ass. Kiss his ass. That was on. That was on. That was on the other night, and that is probably like the first of like the of like fifty times I'm gonna watch that movie between now and Christmas. Good old Clark Griswold. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was on. I I just watched it before we hopped on. Right before, yeah, man. Gotta love it, man. My family likes me. They don't make them like that anymore, man. You want to hurt me? Go ahead, hurt me. I like I like me. I like me. <laughs> I like me. John Candy, rest in peace, man. I'm telling you, dude, oh. he's a legend. So a good. goddamn legend. <laughs> Big John Stud, what are you thankful for? What am I thankful for? Yeah. Well, first I, comes to mind. Obviously, Howie Roseman. Would be the first <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I mean, without Howie Roseman, I mean, our our, our Monday mornings are probably really shittier than most, you know? I mean, the fact that we have, you know, Jalen Hurts as our, our, our franchise guy, you know, we got young studs that we're signing contracts to. I mean, this, this team is, could possibly be, possibly be in the playoff hunt, you know, maybe even playing in January this year. Playoffs? I mean. Well, yeah, news fight, we are playing in January. Later in January, <laughs> much later. But yeah, man. I mean, listen. When the Eagles are playing well, everything's good. Well, so thank Bill, you, thank Bill, you, Mr. Roseman. Couldn't agree, Bill Bill couldn't agree with you more, especially the Howie the Howie comment. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad, John, because you ruined my Devonte ad uh, Devonte Smith segment. Why? Because you knew what he ate for breakfast. Oh, I, dude, I saw that. Matt knows I'm on Twitter all the time. Yeah, they, these guys, <laughs> Bill, they watch too much Twitter. I'm they watch too much Twitter. <laughs> no, they watch too much. Well, hey, man, it's been real. To our listeners, have a safe and happy holiday, um, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Till then, go birds.